not about what the outside world thinks. It's about what does you know what do you have in that room, and the best man wins, and you give everybody a shot at it. The outside world doesn't see the summer workout on a Monday morning. They don't see that progress, but, but we as coaches do. Well, regardless of what the outside world thinks, we, we believe a lot in our defense. Greetings and welcome back to the Outside World, the Athletics OU Football Podcast. I'm Jason Kersey, uh, flying solo today. Sorry for us not having an episode here super recently, but we wanted to make sure that both assistant coaches were hired and the staff was complete uh, before we started talking about it, and now it is. Uh, Oklahoma hired former OU legendary running back to Marco Murray, who was also the 2014 NFL Offensive Player of the Year with the Dallas Cowboys to coach running backs, and Jamar Kane from Arizona State as the outside linebackers coach. They replace Jay Bulware and Ruffin McNeil, respectively. Jay Bulware left to take a job on the Texas staff, which is his alma mater, and uh, he's been on the staff since 2013. Ruffin McNeil, obviously the former East Carolina coach who is a mentor for Lincoln Riley, uh, joined the OU staff uh, right after Lincoln Riley was promoted to head coach and has been there since then. And he is uh, leaving the OU staff, uh, not temporarily, he's leaving football temporarily. He's leaving the OU staff permanently uh, to take care of his father who is uh, ailing in North Carolina. Uh, I think that both of those things are probably Good things for OU. Jay Bulware uh, has done a nice job at running backs coach, but he, uh, the recruiting since he took over that position for Kale Gundy has dipped a little bit. Uh, they obviously lost the commitment of Jace McClellan, a really highly recruited kid uh, out of Texas who'd been committed to OU for more than two years when he did his signing day flip to Alabama. So, uh, I think losing him was was uh, was really rough for OU. And so now they bring in a guy in DeMarco Murray who is young, energetic, loves OU, has uh, a lot to offer on the recruiting trail. There's going to be a lot of people who, when he walks into the room, are going to, you know, are going to pay attention because he's DeMarco Murray and uh, he has this pedigree as a player uh, and he's young and he can relate to these kids and all those things. I do think that it's going to be a little bit of a challenge because DeMarco Murray has very little coaching experience. This is a guy who retired from the NFL just a few years ago. He spent a year as a uh, as a college football analyst. Then he took a job on Kevin Sumlin's staff for one year at Arizona, and now he is uh, is coaching at Oklahoma. That is a pretty steep rise in the coaching world. That those sorts of things just don't happen very often. Guys usually have to go through the typical path, which is being a high school coach or being a graduate assistant, being a quality control coach or an analyst or those kinds of things. And those are the places where you learn how to evaluate talent and and, uh, recruit and all those kinds of things. So DeMarco is a uh, a very flashy hire. I think that he it could work out splendidly, especially recruiting in the Dallas area. I mean, uh, right now he's already sort of on uh, 2021 five star running back Kamar Wheaton from Garland and you know for guys like that who grew up in the Dallas area who grew up maybe watching DeMarco Murray have the uh, unbelievable success he had for the Dallas Cowboys for those few years maybe that's going to to allow him to maybe that'll be the difference Um, but I think DeMarco's gonna have to show that he can close he's gonna have to show that he can recruit and he's gonna have to show that he can develop talent and those are all things we just don't know yet and uh, that's not meant to 
be negative or or anything like that towards the hire. It's just the reality of this business. Coach co- college football coaching is hard, and there's a reason that guys have to go through the typical graduate assistant uh, path to get one of those jobs. And so, I'll be very interested to see how all of that works out. OU uh, already has Seth McGowan committed uh, or signed for this class. Um, so they already have a guy. They're not. It doesn't seem. To, they don't seem to be after any other running backs. They're bringing back uh, Trey Sermon, Kennedy Brooks, and uh, T.J. Pledger and Marcus Major. So they're bringing back all four of those guys. They add Seth McGowan. Uh, I think next year is going to be critical, though. There's not going to be a learning curve for Demarco Murray. They're going to expect him to land one or two of these uh, really highly re- recruited highly ranked running backs that they're after Kamar Wheaton being at the top of that list. He he's going to have to, to do that. There's not going to be much of a grace period for him. The good thing for DeMarco Murray, uh, even though he's not experienced is that his, his position coach, Kale Gundy, uh, his, one of his mentors, I'm sure is right down the hallway. Now the inside receivers coach and co-offensive coordinator for OU. So he's going to have help, but he's going to have to do a lot of this on his own. And uh, I'm going to be very interested to sort of see how all of that shakes out for DeMarco. When it comes to Jamar Kane, this was a really important hire because for all of the things that Ruffin McNeil means to Lincoln Riley personally and professionally, they needed to make a change at that position. And obviously nobody wanted it to happen this way. Uh, certainly wish his father the best and Ruffin the best. He's a great, great man, has been a really great coach throughout his career. But this is the, that was the position where OU really needed a young, energetic recruiter. Uh, there were a lot of uh, rumors. I wouldn't even say rumors. I, I would say there were a lot of there was a lot of information that sort of leaked out of OU throughout the last couple of years about Ruffin maybe not always being at practice, maybe not always being out on the recruiting trail. He has his health issues of his own, and so I think. Uh, getting getting a guy in there who who's young and energetic the way that Jamar Kane is and a really dynamic recruiter was was really important and uh, with the addition of DeMarco and Jamar Kane OU's coaching staff is now younger than it's been in years uh, the the average age is right around uh, 40 42 years old and, and that is the youngest this coaching staff has been really probably since uh, the very early Bob Stoops years in 1999 2000 2001 when he sort of brought in a, a, a cast of very young, uh, energetic, uh, fired-up coaches, uh, you know, like a young Brent Venables and a young Mike Stoops, uh, Steve Spurrier Jr., um, all of those guys. So I think uh, I think that's going to be really interesting. I think that's a good thing um, that the staff has gotten younger, especially with the way recruiting is, with how much you have to be on top of this stuff, with how much you have to be on top of social media. All those things I think are, are, are important. So you've seen the staff get younger. We'll, we'll see uh, how it works out specifically with DeMarco. Jamar Kane, uh, you know, helped Arizona State sign a lot of really key guys from Northern California, which is where he's from. He's from Sacramento. Uh, he has a lot of connections up there. He coached at Fresno State, did a really good job there for a couple of years. So I think OU really wants to get back into California. They've, they've had some success out there going back to the early 2010s when you had Kenny Stills and Tony Jefferson sign out of Southern California. And then you've they've had some sporadic success there. They, they signed Buki Radley-Hiles, who regardless of what you think about the way he's played maybe, um, he was a five-star recruit. He was a really important guy that they, they wanted to get. Um, Caleb Kelly 
came out of the Fresno area, so that's another guy uh, that they've signed. And they've gotten some some had some success here and there in California, but they want to be able to recruit that better. And Jamar Kane certainly will will help with that with all of his connections there. And I think he's a good coach. He seems to be a good developer of talent, and uh, so. I'm I'm going to be really interested to talk to those guys for the first time, hopefully soon. Um, hopefully DeMarco and, and Jamar will be made available soon uh, to the media to, to talk to them about all of these things. But for now, I, I think the, the immediate uh, thing that everybody's thinking about is signing day. OU already signed most of their class in the early signing period. Uh, they obviously uh, added uh, Chandler Morris. Uh, and Joshua Eaton, cornerback, they both signed but didn't announce it uh, on uh, in time for Lincoln Riley to discuss it at his press conference uh, in December. So the they were after uh, Dre Butler, a you know the number one rated junior college defensive end. Uh, he ended up he visited OU in January, but ended up signing or ended up committing to Auburn. He will sign with Auburn this week. So that was somebody they, they wanted to get. That would have been three junior college defensive linemen. So you can tell they're really uh, needing to add some some immediate help and depth on, on that unit. Um, they're right now the only high school guy that, that I think there's a chance they maybe could sign would be Alfred Collins um, out of the Austin, Texas area. Uh, really, you know, I, I, 24-7 sports has him ranked as the number 62 overall prospect in the country. Um, he's a guy oh, you would really love to get, but uh, it all the tea leaves are sort of pointing towards Texas for him, to pointing towards him staying, uh, staying home and signing with the Longhorns. But OU has made a full court press effort to get him. Uh, Lincoln Riley and Calvin Thibodeau did an in-home visit recently. He's a guy they would really, really love to have. They will certainly take if they can get him. But it seems like he is probably going to end up with the Longhorns when he announces his decision on signing day. So there's not going to be a whole lot of drama on signing day for OU. The other guy that they have not signed yet but is committed is Reggie Grimes out of the Nashville area, another defensive end. Uh, he was a really important uh, guy for them to get. He committed back uh, in, uh, I believe, late November, maybe early December, and chose not to sign on the early signing day, which sometimes can be uh, a real red flag. A lot of times when that happens, that means maybe a guy isn't as committed as you think they are. Maybe they are going to spend the the last couple of months or month and a half, whatever, uh, weighing their options, thinking about other things, waiting to see if there are coaching changes. If OU had maybe made a change at defensive line coach, perhaps that would have um, – you know, made a difference. He was giving himself that time. OU is not making a change at, at D-line coach. Calvin Thibodeau is staying. So uh, I believe Reggie Grimes will sign with OU. I hope he does because I'm going out there to uh, spend uh, the day with him. I'm, I'm flying out to Nashville on Tuesday uh, to hang out with, uh, with Reggie Grimes and his family on Wednesday. So uh, I'm really looking forward to that, looking forward to uh, to that story and hope you guys will all check that out. If you're not athletic subscribers yet, you can go to theathletic.com slash the outside world and get 40% off your subscription for a year. If you want to read about Reggie Grimes and, uh, and support the work that we're doing uh, to, to go out there and, and write those kinds of stories, I we would certainly appreciate that. So again, that's theathletic.com slash the outside world. So Reggie Grimes will presumably sign. I think that his decision to delay 
was for a couple of things. I do think that he probably wanted to give himself an out if OU had made a change uh, at defensive line coach. But more than anything, what it sounds like is that uh, you know Reggie Grimes' grandparents weren't all going to be able to be there. He wanted the whole family to be there uh, for his actual signing ceremony, and that wasn't possible to do for the early signing period. So uh, he decided to delay it, and I think everyone will be there, which hopefully you know will, will be part of the story that I write uh, when I uh, visit Nashville. So Reggie Grimes is going to be an important guy. He's not an early enrollee, obviously, but he is going to be somebody uh, that I think will have a chance to make an immediate impact for the Oklahoma defense. So uh, right now, there's just a lot of, uh, you know, as far as the team goes, uh, they're just hitting their winter workouts. They're doing the sort of typical things that they do at this time, spending a lot of time with Benny Wiley, the strength coach. Uh, there have been some reports that that junior college transfer receiver Theo Howard from UCLA uh, has been injured. Uh, he addressed that on Twitter the other day and said he'll be fine and ready for the season. I don't know what that means in terms of the spring. It probably seems maybe unlikely that, that he's going to actually go through spring ball. But Theo Howard is going to be a really interesting guy, I think, to watch because, you know, OU loses C.D. Lamb, but they bring back so much talent at receiver between Charleston Rambo and then obviously the three five-star signees from last year, uh, Trajan Bridges, Jaden Hazelwood, and Theo Weiss, uh, all three of whom probably did not uh, contribute as much as they would have expected last year, but they're certainly going to be relied upon this year. Uh, Weiss and Hazelwood specifically early in the season because, uh, as you all will remember, we all uh, expect that Trajan Bridges will be suspended for the first five games uh, of the of the 2020 season. So maybe a little little bit of a wait for for Trajan, but the other two uh, are expected to contribute. So I don't I'm not quite sure really where Theo Howard fits in with all the talent they have coming back. So we'll we'll have to uh, just sort of follow that to to see what happens. Um, I, I had a chance, uh, last thing, I, I had a chance here to go out to Groover, Texas, a small town in the northern Texas panhandle, and hang out with Jalen Conyers, who's a tight end, who signed with OU in December, will be uh, a, a summer enrollee. He's a guy that's really fascinating. I'm going to have a story about him on The Athletic this week. He's a guy who comes from a very small town. I'm talking maybe 1,800 people. There were 18 players on his varsity football team. And this is a guy who didn't have any football attention until last year about this time. He put out a highlight video. Texas Tech offered him, and then it sort of blew up. All of a sudden, he had offers from Georgia, Ohio State, LSU. Uh, people were really excited about him. He ends up signing with the Sooners. And uh, despite the fact that he grew up a Texas Tech, diehard Texas Tech fan, uh, I'll have a lot of that in a story this week on The Athletic. I'm really looking forward to you guys reading it. Uh, I mean, literally, this guy grew up 20 minutes south of uh, Guyman, 20, 25 minutes south of Guyman, Oklahoma, in the, in the Oklahoma panhandle. So this is, this is out there. This is not a place OU typically uh, really recruits heavily. This is not a place anybody typically recruits heavily, at least anybody on the uh, Power 5 level. So this is a very special talent, but he's obviously going to have a long way to go when he gets on campus. However, there's a chance he could be contributing next year because in terms of numbers, OU loses Lee Morris, who, who obviously ran out of eligibility. They lose 
uh, Grant Calcaterra, who had to retire from football due to concussions. Uh, and they bring back Austin Stogner, and he's the only tight end. Braden Willis is there. The H-back tight end positions are kind of interchangeable. So Jeremiah Hall, Braden Willis, those guys will still be part of the picture there. But there's a chance Jalen Conyers could potentially come in and contribute, at least on special teams. So, uh, again, if you want to read that story, if you want to read what I'm going to write about Reggie Grimes or anything else uh, that we produced, The Athletic, our Super Bowl coverage. We got the, the Super Bowl coming up this afternoon, recording on Sunday. By the time you guys listen to this, the Super Bowl will be decided. But uh, there's there's a nice, uh, healthy OU uh, flavor uh, in the Super Bowl with Blake Bell, with Damian Williams, James Winchester for the Chiefs. So there's a lot of uh, – there's some things for Sooner fans to watch. Blake Bell, one of the more fascinating guys I've ever covered. Uh, obviously was OU starting quarterback for part of the 2013 season. He was the belldozer before that, the short line uh, – short yardage goal line uh, guy who would come in for Landry Jones and score those touchdowns. Uh, now, switched to tight end his senior year at OU and has carved out a nice little uh, NFL career for himself. And he's now he's playing in the Super Bowl. So uh, certainly good for Blake Bell. Um, but if you want to read our Super Bowl coverage, if you want to read uh, any anything else that, that you're a big fan of, uh, we got you covered on The Athletic. Uh, again, you can go to theathletic.com slash the outside world for 40% off for a year. Well, thank you guys for listening to this uh, episode of The Outside World. I'll be back later this week with a signing day recap. And until then, hope you guys have a, a great week.